Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You, there's a saying, and it goes like, "You can make a fortune by being yourself, but you can lose a fortune by trying to be someone else." Yeah. And what that means is that if you're not being authentic, if you're pretending to be someone else, or you're pretending like you really care, and then, like you said, you get past the paywall, and then it's like ghost mode. Like people can see straight through that; they can see straight through that. But if you have the confidence and like the ability to be vulnerable in an aspect where you will show up as exactly who you are, then you're actually allowing people to know you like you and trust you and those are three key ingredients to success you are listening to the chillpreneur podcast the place that we have vibey conversations with some of the most inspiring and mission-driven entrepreneurs building digital businesses and creating history-making brands Being a chillpreneur means rebelling against hustle culture and proving that you don't need to sacrifice living a fun-filled, adventurous life to build a business that changes the world. Get ready to be inspired, have a laugh, and of course, meet some extraordinary people along the way. Welcome to the Chillpreneur Podcast. Hello, my love, and welcome officially back to the Chillpreneur Podcast, or if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the Chillpreneur Podcast. Today's conversation is one that is close to my heart. I actually sat down with one of my incredible clients, Rachel, and we discussed what it actually takes to build a freedom-first business. Now, if you've been following me for some time, you will know that a freedom-based business is literally my favorite thing to talk about. A big value that we have in the Chillpreneur company is freedom, having the freedom to be able to travel the world, pursue hobbies, spend time with loved ones, and not selling your soul to the idea that you have to hustle and grind in order to be really successful. I personally just don't believe that that is true. I believe that many of us spend so much more time than we need to building our dreams because we have so much guilt when we aren't working. We feel that there is some merit in constantly being busy. And so to be able to not only work with someone else who shares these values and shares these views of what it takes to be successful in business, but to sit down and have a full conversation about it, it was just such a joy. Rachel is absolutely incredible at what she does. She is like me. She loves to travel. She loves to chill out. You know, she even talked about watching sitcoms, having an amaretto sour in her hand. That is her version of a freedom-based business, but whatever it means to you, whatever your freedom-based business looks like, 
It's the freedom to have choice about how to spend your time. It's the freedom to not be constantly stuck to your phone or your laptops. Because here's the thing, you know, there are lots of people out there as well who talk about being able to travel while you have a business. But the reality is that behind the scenes, a lot of those people are locked in their hotel rooms, constantly feeling like they need to show up in their Instagram or with their content or sales or all these programs that they've created. And so having a freedom-based business is not just luxurious travel. It's not just luxurious lifestyles. It's actually having the freedom to choose how you spend your time and to be able to enjoy your life simultaneously to growing and scaling a business. So in this conversation, we sat down and we really broke down what a freedom-based business looks like. If you've been a listener of this podcast for quite some time, you know that I approach these conversations, even in areas that I have mastered myself as somewhat of an amateur. You know, I really sit down with my with my guests and ask questions that I feel like this audience would want to ask. I'm not, you know, I, I definitely bring my own perspectives to the table, but I essentially grill my guests. I really do. I sit down and grill them as if I was a newbie and ask the questions that I anticipate you might want to ask them. So we can really get a behind the scenes at what their expertise are. And for Rachel, that truly is two things, building a freedom-based business and what it means to get paid to be yourself, showing up authentically in business. I will admit parts of this episode get a little bit spicy. You know, we definitely do have quite a great relationship. And so this is just such a fun and casual chat, but we do bring down the walls to this industry a little bit and, you know, just throw some healthy shade at some of the kind of questionable things that are going on in this space. Either way, it is just such an incredible episode. Rachel is an incredible human being with an incredible business and just incredible experience. Her journey, her story, which we talk about in the beginning is going to inspire you to just stick with it because if you keep showing up with resilience, love and passion every single day, you absolutely will get to where you want to go in business. So without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome officially Hi. to the Chillpreneur Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am honestly so excited to have you because there is no other person that I think loves the concept of running a freedom-based business more than I do, other than you. Yep. The fact that we both have essentially built our entire businesses around that concept. I am so excited to talk I to you about know. it. And I share it so with ex- everyone else too. There's one thing that I really want to start with though, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Yeah, let's dive in. You have such a long career in entrepreneurship honestly when we started working together that was like one of the things where I was like okay okay I'm 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 just gonna be a little obsessed with you from now on I love that because it's really rare it's really rare to see that level of commitment and consistency and mastery so I don't want to do the whole typical like what's your origin story but just can you give us the footnotes because I really want to set the tone of like this type of business does take time. Yeah, absolutely. Getting to this stage does take time and it's one of the most magnificent things when you get here. But talk us through Yeah. Talk okay, us through the let's journey. do it. Let, let me try and condense this, yeah. right? Not into an hour long spiel. So yeah, I have had a seriously long career in entrepreneurship. I started in 2012 when I was 16 because I decided to launch an international clothing brand with zero experience because I had big balls when I was 16 years old, right? 16 years old, clothing brand. And at the time I had, like I said, zero experience, like did not know anything about the industry, didn't know anything about the moving parts, just knew that... It was something that inspired me in an industry that I really wanted to be a part of. And I was like, yeah. fuck it, I'm going to do yeah. it. Like, let's go in. Yeah. And I taught myself pretty much every 
aspect of moving like the business forward. So from coding websites in my little tiny one bedroom um, like house in Western Sydney to learning how to build like a loyal audience and customer base and outsourcing, importing, like all the sort of moving parts of the business. Yeah. And yeah, and that's where things really, really blew up for me. But yeah. like I said, I was so young, I was 16. Yeah. All my friends were going out and living their life and partying like the Australian way. Yeah. And Perfect. I was at home doing all-nighters in between yeah. my job to work and grow my business. Yeah. So, yeah, it really all kind of started from there. And that's what really put the fire into my soul to be like, oh, damn, I love entrepreneurship. Did you did you grow like quite like what did that business look like? Yeah. So it absolutely skyrocketed like crazy. Dude. Within six months, I had built an audience of 13,000 people. I had been published in two massive magazines in Australia. I had really good contracts with a lot of stylists and photographers. And I was receiving meetings, like opportunities to meet with people around the world to stock my stuff yeah but there came a point I can't pinpoint exactly but there came a point where I was like (gasps) what am I doing like I'm so in over my head like I'm 16 17 years old I'm just kind of like winging it and I got this really great success really quickly but it turned me into like I just had a huge mental health crisis absolutely had a massive breakdown with the weight of everything the responsibility the responsibility and also that like imposter syndrome and that fear of failure like before you start something you have a huge fear of failure but when you're actually in it oh it's way worse that's when it comes up yeah that's when it comes up in full force so I had to make the really hard decision to actually close that business down right and that was in 2013, 2014. I had a couple of years off where I was like just trying to sort my, my mind out a little yep. bit and yep. put my mental health as a focus. And then I decided to go round two, back into entrepreneurship, start a second business. I was really passionate about helping other business owners to scale and grow their business. So I wanted to find a way to help other business owners not feel alone in the aspect of that because it's really, really hard when you're a solopreneur, you're wearing every single hat and you also have no freaking idea like what you're meant to be doing. So that's where my second business was born and that was a social media and marketing agency. And this time around, I had done the hard yards. I'd done the mindset work. I had spent a lot of time working on balance and how, how, like how to hold both of those things at once, life and entrepreneurship. And this one was just amazing. Like quickly grew to six figures, helped many, many of my clients grow to six figures as well. What type of businesses were you working with? Uh, So predominantly online businesses. That's always been kind of like my go-to. So lots of coaches, lots of online service providers, designers, assistants, OBMs, like that whole sort of spiel did have a few people in the wellness industry as well like naturopaths and a couple tech people yeah and nice. all that sort of stuff too. good broad range of people so broad so yeah good. which I love because I love yeah. meeting people from yeah. all over all over the world so yeah that one was really awesome and then there was a point I think about a year and a half two years into that where I just everyone was asking me for business advice and consulting advice like oh what should I do to grow this or what how should I create like my next you know like six-figure product or those sorts of questions and I was like hang on like I might as well get paid for this sort of information and that's where Rachel Kelly International was born so yeah it's been a while and that is now almost eight years ago random question but what do you think you've learned most from so I consider Mm -hmm. you to be again 
a true expert. Like I really do. And that's really rare. And I know that so much of that has just come from your lengthy experience. But, you know, so many people are desperate to become masters of their craft. Or I feel like they should be desperate. Maybe some people are desperate to make money. But either way, I'm going to pretend in my mind. Let's not go there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to pretend that everyone in entrepreneurship wants to become a master. And so I love asking people, like, where did you learn what you know about entrepreneurship, about the things that you now teach? What have been your biggest teachers along the way? Are you more of a like traditional education kind of course, study, books, that? Absolutely not. No way. Experience and failure. Honestly, that is where I've learned the most. Through all my successes that I've had in my career, it's always been my biggest failures that have been the biggest teaching moments for me. So absolutely that. I do love working with mentors and I've worked with many mentors around the world that are experts in their field. So from like copywriting, psychology like my whole thing is like breaking down a business and seeing all of the moving parts and then working with people that are absolute experts in each individual field rather than someone who's just an expert in everything yeah and then taking little bits from things exactly because I was gonna say you're excellent at asking questions that's one thing that I noticed about you and that's why I wanted to ask that question because I think that'd be a really good lesson for the listeners that it doesn't always have to be this traditional methodology of like, let yeah. me read all the books, let me do all the courses. Yeah. Experience-based learning is really powerful, but how to get the most out of those experiences, it sounds like you just really, really, really pay attention and are good at analyzing yeah, what kind of got other people to their success. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's definitely a whole lot of strategy involved in it. I do love to ask questions. I say to my friends all the time, like my favorite people to surround myself with are the people that challenge my perspective That's or cool. challenge my perception. Yeah. Like completely fuck my mind up like make me think something completely different from what I've been used to thinking I love people like that yeah I do it's kind of like an addiction for me I'm like really interested in finding out why other people think feel and act the way that they do yeah I just think that it's super fascinating and you definitely get a lot of like golden bits of wisdom when you have the vulnerability I guess to like put your hand up and be like I don't know that tell me about your experience yeah that's no wonder you freaking love to travel then. Yeah. As you were speaking then, I'm like, you are made to travel because yeah, it's really those am. people who really want to expose themselves to not only different experiences in business, but in life. Mm. And then that's how they see the pathway towards growth that really are addicted to those new cultural experiences, yeah. entrepreneurial experiences. Absolutely, yeah. So... Speaking of travel then. Mm, I've been waiting for this bit. Let's get into My it. My favorite. <laughs> Again, I don't know anyone else who is as obsessed with the concept of like running a freedom-based business. But mm-hmm. the thing that I, I see to be d- very different about you and I compared to a lot of other people who, you know, go down the path of speaking about a freedom-based business is they are more so obsessed with passive strategies you know and it just being like a let's just put one really good passive strategy in place and then just like make that the be all and end all yeah for so many people that's really stifling you know Mm. like to have that really specific niche that really specific yeah the rigidness that's such a good way to put it can you kind of like walk through what a freedom-based business means to you so you have a concept called a freedom first business I call it a freedom-based business but like what does that actually look like for you absolutely yeah and I think there's a lot like you said before a lot of misconception about what it really is and rigidness has never been something that I've really jived with I think it's the Libra in me like I need to be a little bit of everywhere all at once yeah but a freedom-based business a freedom first business is a business that can operate at any time from anywhere in the world without you having to sacrifice your time your values, your health or your sanity to actually have that. 
Yeah. So it's a business that can generate sales and grow at any time. So while you travel, while you sleep, or yeah. even while you binge watch reality TV with an amaretto sour in hand like me. I love amaretto sour. Same. It's <laughs> like literally my go-to drink. So what does the breakdown of a business look like? Because I think like I'm going to play devil's advocate even though mm-hmm. I'm totally on your team for Go a second. For but I think that – actually, let me tell you a story. I, someone told me a story the other day of someone who had been out in the world proclaiming to have this like amazing freedom-based business mm-hmm. and their VA kind of like spilled the tea on them like, yeah, they were traveling all the time but really like, you know, 10 hours a day they were like laptop. Ooh, in yeah. yeah. So that's like I think a lot of people think, sure, freedom-based business is like – I can go travel and my business can come with me. Yeah. But really That's not what it is. It's not what all. it is. Yeah. Like when you say, you know, have that time freedom, I'm sure you mean to actually if you go travel to go explore these incredible places, what is that what are the mechanics of that look like for yeah. your business? Absolutely. Yeah. So you're you're so right. Like there are so many people that sort of like self proclaimed like freedom gurus, but yeah. they are attached to their business. Yeah. So a freedom-based business has many different moving elements and moving parts to it. A huge part of it is obviously your visibility. Yeah. So like you like to say, taking up your online real estate, building yeah. an audience, getting in, in front of as many eyes as possible and really building that brand awareness. That is huge. And that's where having a really great content strategy comes into it as well. Yeah. But in more of the mechanics side of things, it's having scalable offers. Yeah. So having an offer that's not sort of limited to a time like an intake or how many people you could have or when it could be purchased or enrolled into so something that can have enrollments or sales made every single hour of the day which is where passive products come into it so online classes online courses master classes workshops like anything like that that can kind of run on autopilot all the time that doesn't involve you trading your time for it a huge part of it is team Like I don't know one person that has a freedom first business or a freedom based (laughs) business that is solo. Yeah. I just could not ever see it happening. Yeah. I have a very small team, but when I travel, these are the guys that hold down the fort for me while I am away. So they're the ones that are checking the emails, responding to inquiries, making sure all the tech's working, making sure that everything, they're kind of being a second me while I'm away. So team is a huge, important part to it. And that's where delegation comes into it as well. I feel like as a business owner, there's a lot of us that struggle with like holding all of the things and not letting go of anything and yeah. being like, oh, well, I can't let someone else do it because they won't do it the way that I like it. Yeah. But you need to learn to like release the need to wear all of the hats. It's kind of like that saying, like you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yes, yes. Yeah. On that, okay, because then again, my like wanting to dig into this philosophy a little bit further then do you think a freedom-based business is something that is achievable for anyone at any stage of business like if someone is a newer entrepreneur we're talking Mm -hmm. about like the accumulation of brand awareness we're talking about products that are developed over time and then building a team like how does someone in their first year of business what should they focus on to then really get to that freedom phase faster I guess yeah yeah that's actually a really great question so do I think that a freedom first business or freedom-based business is for everyone no because you need to have a strong drive and a strong value for the need for freedom yeah I don't think that any two people have the same definition of success some people like me want to drink cocktails and be paid and peaceful right yeah. and then other people be paid and peaceful paid and peaceful talk, baby talk me through it talk, what paid is that mean? and peaceful just so just doing your things getting paid doing your own thing yeah. you know no drive 
drama in your life, like no drama within work, everything just kind of seamlessly happening for you. Yeah, paid and peaceful, okay. babes. And there's an amaretto sour again in your hand, <laughs> you know? Really I painting a picture. They're like, I oh really gosh, love she's it. an alcoholic. <laughs> um, so do I think it's for everyone? No, I think you have to have that value in place. Do I think it's achievable for anyone that does have that value? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think anyone can have it. It does take time to understand all the different aspects of it and get everything like up and running I don't think that it could happen within a couple of months yeah. or anything like that I think like you would have to be hardcore dedicated and the earliest amount of time you could do it in would be like 12 months in all yeah. honesty yeah that's a really good I mean and it's really good for you to like quantify that a little bit as well because yeah. I really do think that there's a lot of rhetoric out there of people kind of pushing these high high income cringe cringe, cringe. so cringe cringe what do you I want to know your thoughts on that oh you want to spill have, the tea I really do because I feel like Everyone's like, I, let it rip, people. But I do. I let it rip a lot because I feel like this is my perspective and maybe we can just riff on it. But, like, it's possible to make income fast for a very small amount of people. Absolutely. You know, there is the, there is the extremists on either side, the people who don't want to do anything and the mm. people that will do anything for money. Yeah. 95% of the people sit in the middle of that. And so my perspective is, like, absolutely not trying to discredit the people that they've done, no. that have All done it. and love. But, but truth. Marketing to the people who probably don't have the gumption or the, uh, I don't want to say work ethic, but the ability to put their entire life on pause to focus on just selling yeah. 55 different things Absolutely. to make any... Let's be real. Yeah. We see it all the time, especially in our coaching industry. And this actually links back to my own like personal story of evolution and where mm. Freedom First came from for me. But it's like we kind of, I don't know when it happened, but it happened out of nowhere where people thought in order to be successful, I need to constantly be reinventing the wheel. Yeah. I need to be showing up 24 mm seven. -hmm. I need to have a new hot offer every single month. And my, and I think we've had this conversation before. How can you continuously be producing high level value, new strategy every week? You can't. In a completely different offer that's you meant can't. to have this profound impact on people. So mm -hmm. yes, there's a lot of people in the industry that are, I think like profits before people mm -hmm. and that like it it shows right yeah. we live in a world now where people can smell bs from a mile away and these are people that i would say don't have a sustainable business because they're not treating people like equals or like intelligent human beings yeah they're just essentially rebranding themselves over and over again yeah. and putting a big fat fucking price tag on that's it. right absolutely and i've actually like invested in some of the offers from some people that are notorious for this sort yeah. of stuff because i was like no i never want to judge a book by its cover i want to know i want to get in your world i want to like see your perspective right yeah. it's the what we're yeah. talking about before yeah. And there's definitely like lots of wisdom, but there's also a lot of repetition and there's a high level price tag with like a mismatch amount of value, Yeah, I yeah. would say. And that's one thing I'd love to even talk to you a little bit more about because again, one of my like major crush moments with you is your oh, high, babes. high standards of customer experience. Yeah, and not even just the customer experience, the high standards that you have, but like the testimonials that match that. Like your people are obsessed with you yeah, and so you. much of that is because of the experience that you give like you know obviously it's just the first level to this is just do a good job you know what <laughs> I mean like give it a good Stand experience do a good job but how does that match with a freedom-based business like I know this is an interesting question but like you do go the extra mile for your business yeah. and it's just it seems warped that there is these people that are providing not the best customer experience, mm. making a very high amount of money, but are yet still change their business. That's right. And then yet 
two people sitting on how this couch. How do we combine the two? How do we combine a killer customer experience with the with, freedom? Uh, with the freedom as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like anything in life. Like it's not black and white, mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't have to be just one way or the other. You can still provide a really amazing client experience and have freedom as your number one value. Mm-hmm. I think the way that you do that when freedom is a value and the way that I do that is I over prepare I over plan I'm like what what is like the from everyone that I've worked with throughout my career throughout my 10-year career what have been the common themes throughout their evolution of growth so for people that are at like the startup stage of business or people that are established and people that are like like you know pedal to the metal like let's scale let's grow let's hit seven figures they all need different things and they all experience different struggles even though they have different stories or different experiences, the emotions are very similar. Yeah. So those emotions of like fear, uh, fear of loss, fear of failure, like things that we were talking about before, before this podcast. Yeah. So the way that you can combine the two is by really planning in advance and taking the time to actually get to know your customer. And this goes in common with the online education industry. I can't remember the exact statistic, but there is a really high amount of people that buy courses, programs, offers, and don't actually ever touch them. It's 15% completion rate. Thank you. Stats gal over here. Yeah. Oh my God, 15%. <laughs> like that makes me want to have a meltdown as yeah. someone that's in the industry. It makes me want to cry because that's what we're talking about yep. before. If you're just building all of these offers and not caring about the people that are taking those offers, how can we, how are you like ensuring that they're completing, that they're getting those sorts of results? So yeah. I think that a huge thing for me and the way that I coach and the way that I work with people is I really take the time to get to know each of my clients on an individual, like cellular, like soul level to yeah. understand, okay, like where are the possible limitations for you going to be? Yeah. Where How are you going to learn the best? How are you going to feel the most accountable or the most guided or the most supported throughout this? And then building my techniques of how I coach them fully centered around that that perspective. It's so interesting because one of my clients just asked me like, how do you give such an incredible like personalized experience even in a group program to to your clients and stuff like that? And I'm hearing you just in a very eloquent way say the same answer that I want to say with it's just fucking care. Like it really is like genuinely care about the people that have invested money, time, their goals, their dreams, their hopes with you. Like it's not to put the pressure and be like, you have to solve everything and be their savior. It's definitely not what coaching is. But at the end of the day, like they have really put their, their, their belief in themselves, a little shred of that in your hands. And so taking that seriously and caring and caring about the retention, the consistency, when they fall off track, when they may have a bad day, like rather than just being like, okay, you're on the other side of the paywall now, like, Here's the thing. Good luck. Do X, Y, and Z and I'll see you soon. Sort of vibes. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And there's a lot of people in the coaching industry that do coach like that. And I think that's why we vibe so much Mm -hmm. is because you and I both have a huge value around genuine care. Yeah. Like authenticity. Yeah. Number one thing for me, and I know that it's so high up in your values list mm-hmm. as well. And it's not a shared value, unfortunately. Yeah. Like to be a coach, you don't have to have that value. But to be a great coach, you yeah. absolutely do. What do you think like the future I mean, every I, everyone's got a different perspective on this, mm-hmm. but like being in the industry so long, 
I value like your perspective on what might be coming. Yeah. So in this coaching space, like what do you, where do you think this industry is going based on the, because it feels like it's in a transitional period right now. You know mm. what I mean? Some of the things aren't working anymore. We've yeah. gone through massive like periods of like bullying, agitation style marketing. Oh, yeah. and Absolutely. It's kind of like coming to an apex of, of, of that. But like, where do you see the coaching industry going, let's say in the next three to five years? Yeah, yeah. So it's a really, really good question. Honestly, like in my heart of hearts, I don't really know. Like I just want to be a part of the ride and see how things change. Like over the past 10 years, I have seen it change drastically. Like when I first started, online courses were like not a thing. Like if you wanted to learn Spanish, you would take an online course. But if you wanted to learn how to like market your business or like grow your social media profile, didn't really exist you know what I mean it's really come out in the last like half a decade I would say I think in the future because of all of like the technological advancements that are going on at the moment I think like artificial intelligence and things like that are going to play a huge role in how people operate like the day-to-day of their business I hope and I pray that it doesn't play too much of a role in terms of like marketing and messaging and people just kind of teaching and teaching oh my god I saw an ad the other day that was like use AI and we'll write your course for you in an hour and I was like oh my god like no like someone needs to like stop these people right like arrest them I'm calling the police you know (laughs) what I mean hello police (laughs) Um, but yeah like I'm praying that it doesn't happen in that sort of space but I think we've definitely seen over the last couple of years people are really cautious about where they spend their money yeah and it's our gen- generation, like especially, like yeah. super cautious about where where we spend our money. I was having a chat with my brow artist um, last night, and I was like, I absolutely love investing in one woman bands. I absolutely love it because the money goes directly into their pocket, into their family's pocket, rather yeah. than through a franchise or through you know so many different levels of staff before you actually take your cut. Yeah. So I think people are really conscious about that, and due diligence is really really important. Always has been, but I think it plays like a such a bigger role in the coaching industry now because off the top of your head if you're listening to this right now how many freaking coaches do you know yeah how many do you know right and yeah I just think that it's really really interesting how that's really come about in the last few years and I hope that it continues to grow um, but yeah, that's kind of like what I see. What do you hope to see in the what coaching space? What do I hope space? to see? Um, more inclusivity and diversity, like yeah. for starters. Yeah. Um, I think there's a huge conversation that needs to be had on that, but that's definitely for a, another day. An so yeah, podcast. I hope that. Um, I think secondly as well, I hope that, I feel like when I, like when I wanted to go full time in this industry, so about seven to eight years ago, there was definitely like a cool kids club for the oh, coaching yeah. industry. You don't think there's one now? Um, I don't pay attention to it yeah, now. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I've got my own table. Anyone yeah. can come. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. There's no cool club over here. I'm yeah. the weirdest person alive. Like if someone described me as cool, I'd be like, oh, interesting. You don't think you're cool? Oh, no, I'm cool as shit. Let's you're the coolest real. person you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Slide that in there. Hashtag yeah. pick. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've totally forgotten your question. <laughs> What you <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah, I am pretty fucking cool. You were talking about the cool girl, cool girls oh, club. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, the cool kids club. So yeah, there definitely was a, a cool kids club in the coaching industry, and I feel like there was a lot of like seasoned people that had been around it for such a long time. Yeah, and it was really hard to break into that. Yeah, really, really hard to break into that, and it kind of like dawned on me at one point where I was like, why the 
fuck do I even care? Yeah. Like, why do I even care? Like, are those people going to grow my business? Are those people going to provide an amazing customer experience and journey for my customers that like builds my, my brand and the, what people are saying about my brand? Like, no, not at all. So I hope that a lot more people, like there's a lot more space in the industry for anyone to come through and succeed. I think that like there's more than enough room at the top for everyone to get a piece of the pie. There's literally like billions and billions of people. Yeah. And they say planet. that the online education industry anyway is going to be like a $3 trillion industry or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. The, so in the next fact, decade. right now, it's a $300 billion industry yeah. right yeah. now. But they say that by 2030, which is only seven years away, it's meant to be $700 billion industry. That's I crazy. actually personally think those are very conservative. So numbers. do I. I heard, I heard in the trillions, but yeah, I think that, that also I included so univer- yeah, in universities and stuff oh, like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I really like this sort of philosophy that you have and like now feels like it's edging on that a bit around the whole it pays to be you and like I'm just obsessed with the fact that like yeah okay whatever's going on in the industry because I myself have absolutely like let it beat me down at stages I think I'm overly empathetic uh for you know when I because I get you know a lot of inbox messages from people being like I had this experience I had this experience and then I'm like do I fight do I just fuck off and do something else like yeah but I love that you just mentioned you're like those people aren't paying my bills like those exactly. people aren't they don't have any kind of hand in my business for my success and I can do my thing over here and that is 100% nothing to do with anyone else and there's always going to be enough success available yeah but then how does that interplay with the concept of like it pays to be you because yeah, that's something that you this. speak about and I think that's really interlinked with like yeah. just being yourself, doing your own thing. Talk to us about what the it pays to be you philosophy is. Absolutely. So going back to what I said earlier where I was like, people can smell BS from a mile away. away. Yeah. So there's a saying and it goes like, you can make a fortune by being yourself, but you can lose a fortune by trying to be someone else. And what that means is that if you're not being authentic, if you're pretending to be someone else or you're pretending like you really care and then like you said, you get past the paywall and then it's like ghost mode that like people can see straight through that. They can see straight through that. But if you have the confidence and like the ability to be vulnerable in an aspect where you will show up as exactly who you are, then you're actually allowing people to know you, like you and trust you. And those are three key ingredients to success, right? Making sales. So, you know what, my friend, I think it's about damn time that you took your business and the impact that you desire to have to the next level. You know, I can see inside your soul and I know that you came to do big things. Don't you think? Well, if so, then you need to check out our free visible masterclass. This class is all about learning how to create scroll stopping content that gets noticed and how to build massive engagement and trust with your community. Trust is such a big one because let's face it, you know, being visible isn't just about being popular. That just doesn't cut it anymore. It's about serving and growing and building a community of true fans that not only engage with you and want to buy from you, but also want to spread the word. They want to be a part of the mission that you are here to share with the world. So if you're ready to become the person that your audience is obsessed, obsessed with searching for so that you can start not only living out your purpose, but building that freedom lifestyle that you're dreaming of, then you need to sign up for the Visible Masterclass today. 
Trust us, trust us, you will not regret this one. It is freaking epic. I mean, listen to this testimonial that one of our students shared with us. They said, thank you so much for this masterclass. Wow, it has so much value. And honestly, I've been in a lot of coaching programs and paid over $15,000 for strategies that simply don't work. And your masterclass by itself blew my mind. You are incredible and I cannot wait to be permanently in this community. If you want to sign up for the free visible masterclass, then use the link in the show notes. Like I said, it is absolutely free and you will not regret it. All right, let's get back to today's episode. in like a very like logistical, I guess, sort of way, it pays to be you is just about being authentic and being vulnerable and being yourself and kind of becoming your own muse and finding your own unique voice and your own unique selling points and like your own uniqueness in your industry and putting that like on display for the world to see it and not being afraid of that. How, what advice do you give to, I guess I want to say women specifically, but I don't just want to, you know, I just feel like a lot of women struggle with that. Yeah. In all honesty. And like it's very systemic and it's very ingrained like to be loud, take up space. I know there's other aspects like the of, you know, a whole other conversation of the inclusivity piece that we could talk about there. Yeah. But so many of the, and I'm sure you're the same, but so many of the clients that come to me, like they do have this deep desire to be an activist for their mission, yeah. to, to truly be themselves. Like, I don't think that there's one woman that I've coached, mentored, spoken to who's like, ah, like, you know, I don't have this voice inside of me that I'm desperate to share. Mm. But when it actually comes to showing up online and being truly authentic and sharing the values, the vision, their true authentic voice, fear just gets the better of them. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a completely normal human experience. And I was actually recording a story before I walked in here on this whole concept is that like, honestly, it's inbuilt into our biology and our DNA, right? Like we are just completely hardwired to fear judgment. Mm-hmm. to not be accepted or anything like that. Like it's the number one thing that we want to do as humans is be loved and survive, okay. right? That's all that we want to do. So if you couple that with starting a business and putting yourself out there, right, it's just going to trigger all of those emotions within you. And if you are someone that has ever experienced any sort of bullying or harassment or trauma, yours is heightened. Yeah, the nervous system. Yours is absolutely heightened. So it's actually funny that you mentioned the nervous system. It is a huge part and has been a huge part personally of me allowing myself to be authentic and be vulnerable is like re-regulating my nervous system and understanding what my trigger points are and why my body responds and acts the way that it does, why my mind thinks the way that it does. And then kind of using that as a blueprint of like, how to manage things moving forward so it could be like oh for this for example I'm coming to do a podcast I haven't spoke on a podcast in over a year it's a live podcast as well so like literally Erin and I are sitting right next to each other (laughs) looking at the ocean there's lots of cameras right we're actually only this far apart (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so funny and it really triggered that like fear of judgment and imposter syndrome and all these things inside me but I have the awareness 
to know my story and know my body because I've done that work to be like, oh, I know how I'm going to respond to this. Yeah. I know where I'm going to feel these sensations in my body. I know what the next step of what I'm going to do like as like a default mechanism with this coming up. So I was able to use that information to my advantage and do things that would quiet my nervous system back down or regulate my nervous system again. Because then I guess for other people maybe listening who aren't as tapped into their own behavior and triggers and things like that, then maybe the excuses come up because when your nervous system's out of whack or it just, you you know, what is it? Fight, flight, Fight, fight, fall and freeze. Yeah. And that's, I think people think that that's more uh, physically obvious than it actually is. Like you're not going to go and then not yeah, do that's anything. Right. Absolutely. It's going to be fed to you in terms of like, oh, no, actually maybe you don't have time or you're too tired exactly. or now's not the right time. Maybe yeah. do it in the future. Reschedule. It's yeah. not going to be that bad. Like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. It's and really, really interesting. There's a huge like scientific like p- part to that. So that freeze, fawn, flight, fight response mm-hmm. is actually triggered by your amygdala which is yeah. this tiny little thing that sits at the front of your brain mm-hmm. and when we're presented with any sort of threat yeah it fires up and yeah. it's like okay what am I going to do here yeah. and then those if you're someone that like has that inner voice that speaks to you and like guides you and tells you what you want to do that can actually trigger your ego to be like hey like we don't actually have the time for this. Yeah. We don't have the time to create that content, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Or we don't have like the, we're not ready to go to that in-person event or we're not ready for that post yet. And that's actually your ego trying to keep you safe because your amygdala has been triggered and you know, you're know you in that like fight, flight, freeze, fawn sort of yeah. state right then and there. So I think the first, like very basic first level of it is acceptance and mm-hmm. acknowledgement. Like being able to like actually listen to that voice rather than just being on autopilot and letting it, you know, guide the way for you, right? I always yeah. say it's like a like being in a car that's driving the car for you and you're in the back seat. Yeah. All you want to do is jump back in the front. But the off. easiest way to do that is to wake up and go, oh shit, I'm in a car. I'm not driving. Yeah. Right? The awareness piece. The yeah, awareness. Yeah. Because if you can acknowledge something, then you can start challenging it. You can start challenging that voice to be like, why? Yeah. Why do I feel that way? What? Where is that part of me coming from? Where in my life have I ever felt these sorts of emotions before? Yeah. Because most of the time, it's not really our current reality that's scaring us. It's the lens of the past that's actually scaring us. It's like, oh my God, history is going to repeat itself. Like, let me keep myself safe, y'all. Yeah, that's so freaking powerful. And I yeah. just, I really do think that the self-awareness piece, the emotional Huge. intelligence is so big. And like, that's why... In entrepreneurship, I mean, there's this whole other debate, which I'm sure you've got a lot of perspectives on as well, as to whether entrepreneurship is more mindset. Is it Mm, more strategy? Like, you know, there's so many... Ain't that a topic? It's such a topic. And you Mm -hmm. hear people wanting to throw out the Tony Robbins, it's 80% mindset and 20% strategy. Unleash the power within. And, And sure, but like that is such a black and white statement and it's so Absolutely. different for everyone some pers- some people might have a certain level of confidence that you know it is going to be just the strategy that is going yeah. to be the thing for them or some people have a really good organizational systems but their mind and their nervous system is just exactly what needs a lot of work how do you kind of guide with your clients or like even assess where they're because you do both like you talk a lot yeah. about mindset you talk both a lot about true. strategy like, how do you make that assessment, like, of what a client really needs? And more so what I'm asking is, how can someone make that assessment within themselves? Yeah. About, should I hire a mindset coach? Should it's I hire a, a business question. coach? Like, Absolutely. where should I be investing my time based on yeah. how do I analyze what I really need? Yeah. 
So I think there's like a, a misconception with coaching where it's like, I'm going to hire this mentor mentor, and they're going to transform my life. Mm-hmm. Every session I attend, every time I talk to them, it's going to you know be transformative. Yeah. But the biggest transformation actually comes outside of the coaching container when you're implementing, yeah. when you're working on everything by yourself because you're in a completely safe space. It's just you. There's no one else to hold you accountable or like anything else going on that's where you grow right like yes absolutely there's so much transformation that happens within coaching containers yeah but it's also outside of them where you really do like the deep work so I think that there's a huge part to be played with blending the two very much blending your mindset and blending the strategy stuff together I'm a big Mm. believer we can only ever go as far as our minds will let us yeah and you can't bypass it But mindset is a continuous thing. It's not something that you can just do a little bit of work on for a couple of months. And then you're saved. You're you're saved. You're healed. You're ready to go. Like, you never be fearful again. Like, absolutely not. And I think there's something that needs to be said about having a negative mindset or a fixed mindset and having a specific mindset from trauma. Yeah. They are two completely different things, right? Because one is like very much deeply ingrained in every part of your entire being or like on a cellular level. And one is like learned experiences and environment. Yeah. Right, like plays a huge role in it. It's like, this is what I've been through. So this is what makes me feel X, Y, and Z. And like, this This is is my perspective. This is my perspective. This is what I'm used to. This is what familiar is familiar to me, right? And I think it goes back to that conversation we were just having where it's the awareness. Yeah. Like you ha- it, it, and it's so important, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, because like we said, you can only go as far as your mind will let you. So having the balls to be like, I'm not going to live in default mode. I'm not going to live on autopilot. I'm actually going to take the time to take stock of what my beliefs are, what my limitations are. What do I think about money? What do I think about receiving? What do I think about giving? What do Mm. I think about showing up, being vulnerable, growing, like every moving area of your life and taking stock to actually like write down and sit with the beliefs you hold and then working back from there to be like, oh shit, like where did this one come from? Was it a learned behavior? Was it a experience or was it something that was taught to me or I learned from a mentor, right? Because yeah. that's really where our three beliefs are formed from. They said that like in the family home or your childhood home, experiences throughout your life or from experts. And honestly, to like put it very black and whitely, if it's coming from an expert or if it's coming from your personal experience, then in that sort of case, then... I would definitely take stock of it. If it's coming from your family home, unless your parents are like exactly who you want to be, they have the exact life that you want to live. And they're like, if you want to run a business, they're running businesses in one ear and out the other. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's about taking like stock take of how you think and how you feel and where those beliefs have come from and having the balls to be like, no, that doesn't actually sit with me. That doesn't feel aligned for me anymore. That's not what I want. How do I now change this? It's so funny because I asked you that question before, but now I feel like I want to answer it myself of like, what do, what do you want to see more in the coaching space? And just yeah. as you're talking now, I'm so freaking inspired because I feel like that's really business coaching more specifically, but I'm sure it seeps into other areas of coaching and mentoring, specifically the health space. Mm. That's a huge industry as well that doesn't have as much personalization as it should, but really driving home the the personalization piece of entrepreneurship like the fact that there are I don't even want to talk about like what other people are doing but like entrepreneurship specifically solopreneurship I know we talked about team but most of us start out by ourselves yeah 
starting these businesses where not only are we the business, mm. essentially ourselves, yeah. we're the brand, we're the face, we're the marketing, we're the wearing all the hats and all of yeah. these things. How can it be that there is like a blueprint, a drag and drop template, uh, exactly. a, a formula, uh, you know, whatever, like yeah. Three method, my three-step method. Yeah, success. the proprietary yeah. <laughs> concept and all of these things. And sure, those things help as educational tools when yeah. they're sort out because, again, the entrepreneur was self-aware enough to be like, I don't have skills in scaling, so let me go exactly. find like a three-step scaling method. Maybe that yeah. simplifies the learning process. But like as you're just talking now, I'm so inspired to just push the narrative more that entrepreneurship is so fucking personal. Yeah. Like in order for it is. the well people said. who are – giving up too early because they're burnt out or never achieving success because they just can't figure it out and then Mm. are constantly looking for that next proprietary you know drag and drop thing really at the end of the day the emotional awareness is just I think the biggest thing connecting with yourself yeah absolutely it's a huge part of it I mean the good news is is that if you're listening to this right now and you're like okay I really want to grow my business it's going to be one of two issues it's either a mindset issue or a strategy issue yeah right yeah and like that's awesome because there's literally only like two choices yes they're very broad spectrums we could go really far deep into each of them but like in a broad terms it's going to be one of those two things yeah I always think that you need to start with the mindset work first. Okay. Otherwise, your mind will never let you dive deep into the strategy or back it enough or give yourself the proper chance to yeah. actually execute and implement the way that you need to because you've got those limitations on yourself. Yeah. So I think mindset work is like where absolutely every single person needs to start. But I'm a big believer that we can have everything. Yeah. Like let's do the mindset work and the strategy, and the strategy. at the exact same time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. How do you reckon people then go about identifying like what, like are there any, I guess more practically now, are there any like particular tools, exercises, modalities that people can identify what maybe their personal blocks are? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of experts that are around on this sort of topic, but my absolute favorite um therapists yeah honestly like they're trained in it like they literally are trained in it they're mental health professionals they can tell you so all the stuff that i know about mindset has come from years of therapy Therapy, years of therapy guys these are the goats yeah these are the goats of mind right so therapy is a huge 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 game changer and a really great space for learning yeah every therapist i've had have always been like hey like break it down for me everything that's happening i don't want you to just tell me like what to do i want you to tell me exactly what's going on in my body yeah how this impacts humans not just me but humans on a level like i want to understand the psychology behind it all yeah you know what i mean so like that's definitely a really great place to start but the the beautiful thing about being in 2023 is that we're in a digital world right and you have access to so many amazing resources Mm -hmm. with your phone yeah so definitely just making the time to be able to start small and start in those like first few places definitely like your current environment your Mm -hmm. current thoughts your belief patterns like any of that your behaviors as well that's where I would really start and then I would just dive into anything that is showing up the most for me I'm like what is my biggest struggle right now yeah I love that and honestly I can attest to that I have just recently started therapy and I think in a month, two months, I've actually learned more about myself because yeah. I do have like a basis of personal development work. Yeah, you've got the foundation. Got the foundation, got yeah. the self-awareness, got the understanding. But damn, they mm. just 
they look at you mind-blowing. and they're like, this is your problem. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. a good therapist anyway. I know, like, I don't want to speak to everyone's therapy experiences, yeah. but like, I went to somatic therapy. So it's very much like, you know, I'm explaining something and going like this. And she's like, well, that represents this. And it was yeah. very, I have a tendency to shit talk people, you know, especially when I'm in an environment of vulnerability like that, that's yeah. focused on me. So finding the right therapist that was able to be like, that's not yeah. the truth or, you know. Exactly. There's so many different forms of therapy. Yeah. I've actually, fun fact, I actually have been going to therapy for years, like ever since I was 18. Mm. When I was 18, I went for five years straight every single week and that was talk therapy. Yeah. And that was a huge game changer for me. But as I've gotten older, I've noticed that I've done a lot of work around my mind and I'm in a space now where I know how to manage it. Yeah. But the body holds the score. Yeah. So now I'm in a space of like really understanding my biological, like physiological responses to things. Yeah. And I'm not actually sure like what specific type of therapist she is, but she's like a body therapist. So we actually go in and we don't talk. We say hello and it's all movements and breath and stuff like that. And it's been really, really interesting. And that goes back to that nervous system work. That is my biggest focus right now. And I, I, I was having this thought the other day, random shower thoughts, (laughs) um, how, uh, our minds really are such an important part in entrepreneurship. And I feel like if you want to hack entrepreneurship, if you want to like hack the system, right? Do your nervous system Hack work. the algorithm. Hack the algorithm, baby. <laughs> hack your algorithm. Hack your, hack your own algorithm. Yeah, exactly. Hack your own algorithm. Do the nervous system work. Like yeah. spend time on understanding your body and understanding your mind, understanding your nervous system because yeah. that is a huge game changer. And it's been something that I want to really dedicate a lot of my work to going forward because I think they're intrinsically linked. Yeah. When you feel safe, you will take action. Exactly. Yeah. And I really want to like share more of that story with people because there's so many people that are like, what am I doing? Why Why am I not doing it? Yeah. Why am I know, I know what, what I to need do. to do? I know what I need to do, but why am I not executing? Why am I not implementing? And it all comes back to your nervous system. Yeah, that's freaking powerful. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I want to ask one final question yeah. as we wrap up, but it has nothing to do with the beautiful sermon that you just delivered. <laughs> <So laughs> Literally, we're gonna yeah. just catch you know, me on Sunday. When they say switch gears for one second, because I want to know what's coming up for you, because you. Along Ooh. with helping people to feel safe, you're also venturing down a whole nother path that is truly, truly going to help on the freedom-based side of things, which, as you described before, is scalable offers. Yes, absolutely. Talk a little bit about that. Where's, yeah. it, where's this new exploration? What's coming up? Like, I Definitely. don't know. Is this little secrets? Like, I'm going to drop the bomb. Do it. I'm going to l- let everyone know do right it. now. Let's do it. Why the fuck not? <laughs> so, absolutely. Like, over the past few years of my career, a lot of my work has been dedicated to helping business owners build a freedom first business Mm -hmm. and a huge part of that and what my specialty my delicacy I guess you would say the connoisseur of the connoisseur of online courses so I have pretty much taken my entire 11 year career my 11 years of experience trials tribulations successes failures everything and every mentor I've personally worked with as well and condensed all of the need to know information in a really amazing and juicy online course that you can literally binge in the comfort of your own home at any time I'm not going to drop the name or maybe I should drop the name do you do it do it 
Course Creator Academy. I love it. Guys, CCA. That's going to be coming out in late June. And I'm so excited for that to be out there because I want everyone to have a piece of a freedom first business. I want everyone to, if that's what you want, if you are listening to this or you've been watching Erin's page or my own page and you're like, damn, give me a piece of that. Like I want a freedom first business as well. This is who I built this course for. I built it specifically for you. So that is accessible as well. Like it's anywhere in the world you can do it. It will apply to anyone as well because the way that I built this course is that I've not built it for one specific type of person. It's really built for a huge range of people that move and react and respond in different ways. So it's kind of like choose your own adventure of entrepreneurship, but like build a really successful course. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And as we just said before, like the online education space is about to absolutely boom. Yeah. And I really do think like online courses, the best thing, the best online courses, as we said before, there is a lot of shit out there. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of stuff. The best are like, I need to learn this specific thing. And you are teaching people how to build a successful online course doing an online course and that's freaking incredible. And I'm so excited. And one of the things that really inspires me and makes me like really just super lit up about Course Creator Academy is that we're not just teaching you how to build an online course. We're also going to teach you how to build a loyal audience base of raving fans that are like, shut up and take my money. Like, let me get in your world. Let me get into your offers, into your programs, which is a huge part. And we're also teaching people how to launch it and sell it consistently as well with a freedom first method in mind yeah it's so funny because we were having a conversation with one of the other podcast guests the other day about how so many people we're talking about product-based businesses but it happens with courses as well I've seen it so much how there's so much time and money invested in creating the product creating the course creating the physical product whatever it is and then entrepreneurs scratching their head being like why is no one buying Oh, it? shit. Now, how do I launch this and sell <laughs> this thing? Yeah, I see it all the time. And a really big misconception about online courses is that I've got to build the course and then I'll build the audience and then I'll launch it. Like if you have, if you want to build an online course and the first thing you have done is not build your audience, then you're already setting yourself up for failure. That's my jam, baby. Mind you know that. Moment. And you need Erin in your life. <laughs> Hashtag influencer vibes. <laughs> Hashtag influencer vibes. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I loved this conversation. Honestly, I feel like juicy. there are so many other avenues we could go down into, but obviously, like for, if you have a time limit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a light limit, to be yeah, honest. Literally. It's about to get dark here, but thank you so freaking much. Thank I you. I deeply, deeply appreciate you sharing so much knowledge and wisdom with the audience. Where can they find you? How can they just become obsessed with you, especially in this upcoming launch, the upcoming Course Creator yes. Academy? How can they Juicy be plug in your world? Time. So absolutely, my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. You guys can find me at I underscore M Rachel Kelly or just go on Erin's page and like binge who's liking and commenting <laughs> on all her shit. It's me. Um, so yeah, definitely Instagram. That's my favorite place to hang out and I definitely want to connect with all of you guys on there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Wow, much love.